Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. I'm Jeremy Pearsons. Thank you for taking the time today to tune into this broadcast and find out what God would say to you for today, for your life. Get a hold of what he's saying in his word, put it into practice, and it will build a firm foundation underneath your feet. I want you to say this out loud after me. Are you ready? Say it like this. 2021 is my year of living life more abundantly. That was the word of the Lord that came to us as last year was coming to a close. This year was beginning to dawn. That's what the Lord said. He said, based on John 10, 10, what Jesus said about the thief who comes to steal, kill and destroy. We've got a word from the Lord that says those things are coming to an end in your life. Whatever's been taking from you, whatever's been taking life, whatever's been robbing you of your time, whatever's been robbing you of your joy, even your finances. In Jesus' name, we declare those things are coming to an end. And just as a new day dawned on this year, so does life more abundantly. Jesus didn't come to take from you. He said, I came that you'd have life and have it how? More abundantly. That means to the full until it overflows. He said it in the New Living Translation like this. My purpose was to come so that they'd have a rich and satisfying life. Life can be satisfying, but you've got to know where to look. You have to know where to go to find that. And that's what we've been talking about on these broadcasts for the last number of weeks. If Jesus said, I want you to have more life, our question should be, okay, Jesus, where do we go to get it? And we've been looking to the word. His word is a seed. His word has life in it, just like a seed has life in it. And it's able to take root and bear fruit and produce good things in your life. That's what we're going to keep talking about today. Before we get into the word together, before uh, Sarah ministers to us for a little while, I want to give you an opportunity again today to sow into the ongoing outreach of Pearson's Ministries International, Legacy Television, and now this new and growing arm of ministry, Legacy Church. And you're going to see in just a moment, man, this place is filling up week after week after week. People are coming. They're coming excited. They're coming expectant to see God do good things in their lives. So if you want to sow into this today, well, let me, you, you need to know what you're sowing into. You're sowing into a vision and an assignment and the, the, a heavenly calling that is to serve another generation with the word of God, to teach them how to live by faith in the day of grace, teach them how to experience a whole life prosperity, that's prospering spirit, soul, and body, and to teach people how to raise their families in the house of faith. That's what you're sowing into. And if you've got an assignment, a God-given assignment to partner with us, then do it today. Do it in faith. Do it in love. And watch as every seed reproduces after its own kind. And we've seen it. Offerings and, and people who give in faith. It's like opening up a door of access for God to go to work in their lives. And we want to see our good God do good things in your life. So I've got information for you. You can give online today at pearsonsministries.com. If you're watching inside the United States, you can text your offering, text LTV in any dollar amount to 28950. If you're making a check, you can make it payable to Pearson's Ministries International. Use that address that you see on your screen. Sarah's going to minister to, minister to us here for just a moment, and then you and I will get into the Word together. Won't you just say this with me to the Lord this morning? Jesus, you are the Lord of my life. You are the Lord over every part of my life. 
I give my life to you. I give my heart to you. I give over everything into your care. You know, the Bible tells us to cast all our care over on Him, for He cares for us. We can cast every bit of care, every bit of concern, every worry, every fear, every question. We can just cast it over on Him, and He says He'll carry it for us. He'll take the care. And we can be confident it's because He loves us. Oh, how He loves us. Isn't it true what that song says that we sang earlier? We are more than conquerors through Him who loves us. There's not one thing in this life that you can't overcome and conquer by the love of God. Oh, hallelujah. No sickness and disease no financial difficulty, no relationship problem, nothing, nothing cannot be overcome by the love of God. It takes seeing what others don't. The recognition that it's not just a book, it is the Word. And in this Word is life. He's talking about seeing Him. But not just seeing him, but seeing him as the word. And he goes on to explain that in verse 18. He says, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. I thought they all just heard it. I thought everybody just heard it. No, they heard it, but they didn't hear it. Can you see the difference? I wish I knew a better way to explain it. They all heard it. They all saw it, but none of them heard it or saw it. He said, now you hear it. Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word. Mark's account of this said, the sower sows the word. So there's the revelation of what the seed was that Jesus was talking about. When he said, some seed fell, among, fell on the wayside, some seed fell on stony ground, some seed fell among thorns. Every time he talked about that seed, he was talking about the word. And we know that already from 1 Peter chapter 1. You're born again by this incorruptible seed of the word. So the sower sows the word. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. Now he's explaining to them what he already told them. He said the, the word, the seed got planted on all these types of ground. And you go back to, and remember what we talked about a second ago. It got planted four times, but how many times did it work? Once. Once, that means 75% of the time, this incorruptible, infallible word of God failed to produce. Now, see, I grew up in a house as a kid where we put a premium on the word of God. And in our house, it was the word night, noon, and day. And if we had a problem, we went to the word. If we had a need, we went to the word. And it got to the place as a kid, you got tired of hearing it, honestly. <laughs> Mommy, I need. Daddy, I want. What's the word say, Jeremy? What's the word say? What's the word say? That was the answer for everything. <laughs> What's the word say? What's the word say? But now, as a 
full-grown man with a family of my own, I am eternally thankful to have grown up in a house where we put this kind of premium on the Word of God. We went to the Word for everything. And there was this underlying belief and, and, and more than just an opinion, man. We rooted our whole lives in this. The Word can fix it. The Word can heal it. The Word can provide it. So when I go to the words of Jesus and I find out this thing got sown four times and only worked once, that raises a red flag for this Word kid. And there are many people that would read that and go, sometimes it does, sometimes it doesn't. And that's a lie. Jesus is helping you and I right now find out why. If the word's not working in your life like the way you've been told it could, like the way you thought it would, here's why. Here's why. And he begins to go through these different kinds of ground. You already know this, nothing wrong with this seed. Because you know, fast forward, it got planted and worked. So it's not the seed's fault. Nothing wrong with this seed. It matters what kind of ground it's sown in. And he begins to identify these different kinds of ground. Well, these different grounds are people. These different grounds are hearts. And he said that wayside ground, what you got to understand about that was that was hard packed ground. That was their equivalent of concrete. That was the path that people and animals would tread and it became so hard and packed that when that seed fell on it, it'd be like throwing seed on this concrete platform. That's not, it's not penetrating anything. It's not getting in. And Jesus said the birds came and devoured it. He said the one who received the seed on the wayside ground is somebody who hears the word and doesn't understand it. He said immediately the wicked one comes to steal it, snatches away the word that was sown. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. Satan comes immediately to steal the word. And we know that we've heard it, but there's good news in this. The only way Satan can steal the word of God from you, the only way he can take that seed and in in taking it, thus take the result away from you, the power to produce, he can take that away from you only one way. If you hear it and don't understand it. But that word understanding doesn't just mean you, you mentally grasp it. Study this out and you're going to find that it means that you grasp not just the meaning of it, you grasp the nature of it. You grasp the value of it. I like this one. It means you grasp the origin of it. To understand something is to to grasp all of that, the meaning and the nature and the value and the origin of it. And that helps you understand the word. And even if you hear something from the word, like eat my flesh and drink my blood. And like those people are like, I don't get it. I don't like it. I'm out of here. If you just simply understood where this word was from, if you just simply understood what this word contained, and even if your head didn't get it, you know, there's spirit in it. You know, there's life in it and you understood the value of it. When you value it, when you honor it, it protects it. But without a value for it, without an honor for the word of God, it's like somebody standing there and throwing seed at your forehead. That's not getting in. It's bouncing off. You sit there, you hear somebody preach, and all you can think of is, really? We've been in here an hour and a half? When is this kid going to shut up? 
What's that word doing for you? Not a thing. Not a thing. There's got to be a value for it. When Jesus, the word, showed up in his own hometown, the Bible says there he could do no mighty work. And he, and he identified the reason. A prophet's not without honor except in his own hometown. He didn't say he wouldn't do it. Didn't say he was, I'm going to show you. No, he said he couldn't. Tied the hands of God because there was a hardness. It was like that hard packed ground. They didn't understand the origin of it, where it was coming from. If all you understood was that this was the word of the living God, that the creator of heaven and earth breathed these words. And if that's all you understood, you would put a value on it. And that value and that honor would protect that word. Understanding the origin of something is powerful, right? I mean, it changes the way you approach it. I tell people all the time, if you don't have a rich grandfather, you got to get one because they are awesome. They're awesome. Take it from me. And when mine calls and says, hey, Jeremy, meet me at the house. I got something for you. I don't got to know what it is. I am already on my way. And I might break a few speed limit laws in getting there because I know where it's coming from. Right? I don't got to know what the gift is. All I got to know is Papa calls. I know where it's coming from. And it does something about your enthusiasm, your excitement to receive it, right? If all you understood was this is the word of the living God, there's life in it. There'd be an excitement. That's what it means to understand it. That's what it means to grasp and to value and to honor it. You want to know why the word may not be working in your life? Check up on your value for it. Check up on how much you honor it. It'll work in the lives of somebody who will honor it. How do you honor the word of God? You give him first word. You face something, you deal with something, you get a bad diagnosis, you run into a hard thing. You give him first word. Then you give him last word. That's what it means to elevate and to honor his word. But far too many people, when they get a, a, a bad or an evil diagnosis and the Lord deals with somebody in their church family, I want you to go tell them. You go tell them that I said in my word, by the stripes of my son Jesus, they are healed. And the Lord deals with somebody to go tell you that. And they come and they say, I just got this strong in my heart that the Lord wanted me to tell you by his stripes. And you go, yeah, yeah, I know. I'm healed. I know. I've heard it. Wait, wait, what? Yeah, I know. By his stripes, I'm healed. But the doctor said that I've got this thing. And if I don't. Okay, now wait a second. You've got the word of God on a level with somebody else's word. And these things don't belong on the same level. This is, I'm not telling you that you pretend like he or she didn't say something to you. What I am saying is honor for the word will elevate his word. I heard that. I, I see that. Okay. Thank you. But he said, he said, that's the person the word can work for. Somebody who understands the value of the word. Jesus went on to say that the seed got sown on stony ground. Now, again, this kind of ground is not ground with a bunch of rocks sitting out on top. If you study it, it's actually, and he mentions it, he's talking about shallow earth. 
In other words, there's a layer of stone right beneath that shallow layer of earth. And here's the word built into it, all the ability to save and to heal and to deliver and to prosper and do everything that God promised in his word he would do. But when this word got planted on shallow earth, Jesus said, well, let's read it. He said in verse 20, he who received the seed on stony places is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Now that's a good thing, isn't it? To receive the word with joy. I like that. I like preaching to people who will receive the word with joy. Come on, preacher. Yes, amen. Uh Uh-huh. Glory to God. I like that. Hey, it's better than preaching to dead people. I will tell you that. But for all your shouting and all your hooping and your hollering in here, do you take it with you? Because he said, there will be those who receive it with joy. Yet, verse 21, he has no root in himself but endures only for a little while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, Mark says, arises for the word's sake. That's what the persecution's about. That's what the tribulation and the pressure is all about, to disconnect you from the word that is your way out, the word that is your life, the word that is your salvation and your peace and your healing. The tribulation, the persecution is all about trying to separate you from that. And if there's no root in you, when the persecution comes, it's going to be like the sun coming up and the heat on that earth is going to scorch that seed and it won't produce anything. So if you want this word to do what this word is capable of doing, there's going to have to be some roots that go down deep. And according to the book of Ephesians, you and I are to be rooted and grounded in love. That's grounded in God himself. And if you start with this right here, this is my root. This is my ground. God is love. Then no matter what kind of persecution comes, it doesn't matter why he loves me. Persecution is just people not loving you. It's just people hating you. It's people pressuring you. But if you're rooted in this, he loves me. My God loves me. And if he loves me, if he's for me, who can be against me? My mom told me this as a teenager. She said, Jeremy, never let anything that somebody does to you be bigger than what Jesus has done for you. And you get rooted and grounded in the love of God, then then let the wind blow. Let the rain fall. Let the storm come. And you've got some roots, man. You've got some roots that go down deep. You are rooted in how much you are loved. And faith works by love. You want your faith to work? Get rooted in how much he loves you. You want the word to work? Get rooted in how much he loves you. This is why people without great education and without years and years and years of uh, scripture study, they can see awesome results from God. They just find out one day, God loves me. Man, I thought he was mad at me. I thought he was, I thought he was just about an inch away from smiting me, whatever smiting is. And they find out he's not mad at me. He loves me. And these roots begin to go down deep. And these people, much to the frustration of people who've been, you know, born again for all these decades, 
they see all these awesome results in their lives. And this guy who just got born again last week, all of a sudden he's healed and all of a sudden he's prospering. And all of a sudden it's like, Lord, all this stuff that I've been wanting for years. What happened? Where's mine? Where's your root? What are you rooted in? Huh? If there's no root, then the sun's going to scorch it. And you can sit up here and shout amen all you want to, but are you shouting Monday morning? Are you shouting through the week? Because the more you believe this and the more you meditate on this, the deeper these roots go. Finally, Jesus talked about this other kind of ground. In verse 22, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word. Notice every one of these people heard the word. And you could say they heard the same word. Every one of these people. He who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the same word that the stony ground guy heard, that the wayside ground heard. But this guy, the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. He talked about these thorns that choke the word, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches. These things will choke the word of God. I called a a friend of mine one time who'd been in uh, landscaping business for a long time. I was studying some of this. I said, Tom, talk to me about thorns. What are thorns? Where do they come from? He said, Jeremy, it's so funny you called. He said, I'm walking a piece of property right now. He's in commercial real estate and farmland real estate. He's like, man, I've got thorns all around me. And he said, the earth just makes them. You don't plant these things. Nobody says, ooh, you know what's good, what look good over here? Some nice thorns. The earth produces these things on their own. They're part of the natural world. You go into the scriptures and you find the first place thorns ever showed up. You have to go all the way back to the book of Genesis. Just after man had sinned and he fell, and God came and he talked to him about it. And you know the whole thing. And Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the serpent. And God began to unfold to them. Here's what's coming. Here's what happens next. And God told Adam, because you heeded the voice of your wife and not my word, then if you want to eat bread, it will be by the sweat of your brow. And through thorns and thistles, You'll have to toil. The thorns will cause you to toil, he said. Don't you know Adam just looked back at God and said, what sweat? Never sweat for a thing in his life. It had all been grace. It had all been a gift. Never sweat for a thing. And God said, you're going to have to sweat for it. Because of the thorns, you're going to have to work for it. Now think about that in in relation to what Jesus is saying. The thorns, when the seed of the word gets sown among thorns, and what were those thorns? The cares of this world. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Can you hear where the emphasis is in that? What am I going to do? The deceitfulness of riches. If I just had some more money, if I just had some more, if I just made some more, how can I get some more? How can I make some more? Can you hear where all the pressure is? The word of God and the grace that is in it 
will not share ground with you working for it. Will not share ground with you earning, trying to earn the blessing of the Lord that only comes through the seed of his word. He will not share it. You will not come to the end of it and, and, and you will not hear God say, look what you and I together produced. But like we've talked about before, there is this thing on the inside of the, the unborn again flesh that wants to say, look what I did. Look what I made. And we, we amass all our stuff and we, we earn everything and we work decades and then we hold it all up and, and it's beautiful and we, we shape it and we form it and we wear it like it's our crown. Look, look at the kingdom I've made. Look at what I've built. Not realizing it's nothing but a crown of thorns. And if I remember correctly, there was one who took that crown for you. And he wants to make this exchange. Give me the crown of thorns. And I'll crown you with loving kindness and tender mercy. Like Sarah's been ministering to us, I'll crown your year with goodness. But you can't wear two crowns at one time. It's either going to be the thorns of what you have done or that, or that crown of grace and loving kindness and mercy of all that he has done. But you want the word to work like he said it would and like all the life that he put in it, then you got to go back and look at the ground that it's getting sown in. And the good news is Jesus said, there is good ground. You can be good ground. The kind of ground where the seed of the word gets sown and it produces some 30, some 60, some a hundredfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear it. Amen. 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 How do you hear the word? Do you recognize what it is and where it's coming from and the value that's in it? Do you rejoice over it, not just today, but when the persecution starts, when the tribulation starts? Do you still rejoice in the word? Do you still let those roots run deep and say, my God loves me? How do I know? The Bible tells me so. The word of God. And good ground is ground that has no thorns in it. Good ground is ground that, that works, but it recognizes, I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I. The grace labors in me. The grace works through me. So when you go to work, when you clock in at that job, you're working, but you recognize this is grace working through me. This is grace laboring in me. And whatever I have, I have because he's added it to me. Look what the word has produced. The word produced my healing. The words produced my salvation. The words produced my abundance in every area of my life. The words produced my peace and my joy and everything I had need of and desired was in the word. Amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.